And so this morning in scripture, we stay again in these, uh, this gospel of John, in this extended passage about uh, that Jesus shared, as John tells us, that Jesus shared with the disciples on the night that we call Holy Thursday. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, we, we listened to Jesus praying for us. Uh, last week, we heard these, ver these words about Jesus' promise of peace. And this morning, our passage begins with Jesus' words about saying, I am the true vine. And so I read to you now uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch that withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. This morning, oh God, we have come together to listen to your word and to claim a moment of joy. Thank you for that promise and for that gift and for Jesus. Amen. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I love that line. I love that verse. Your joy, my joy. That Jesus wants us to have joy. Wants us to have joy. Now, I have been a bit stuck in what um, I would say is an early onset of my annual March depression. <laughs> Mostly March is the month I can barely get through. But this year, this year, January, in these uh, cold, dark days, uh, hit me hard. And so maybe that's why the, this line, this promise, this gift of Jesus has been so meaningful to me this last few weeks. Jesus wants us to have joy. Now you know that doesn't mean happiness every day or all of our prayers answered or no problems. But Jesus wants us to have joy in our life. You've listened to me preach 
and if you've heard me more than once or twice, you know that my passion is for the Christian response to social justice issues. Um, I still hold that to be true, but I know that for me, I can easily gravitate towards discouragement by news or stories, and sometimes even despair. So for me, I know I need to hold on to, yes, commitment and passion and action and to claim joy. To claim joy, that these two things are not separate from one another. And that quite honestly, joy doesn't always even mean being optimistic or Pollyanna. It means in a moment, in a day, claiming those moments like we did with those little kids like we did with sledding or swinging or flowers or a brand new costume to celebrate or the the face of a dog or the snuggle of your cat or a really good cup of coffee you know to claim a, a moment of joy to believe that Jesus has said that's what he wants for us Susan Sparks is a, a Baptist minister from New York City. I have uh, quoted her at various times before. And she has an article called The Ten Commandments of Joy. And as I was reading them over, what I was uh, noticing that four of the ten have something to do with laughter. Have something to do with laughter. And so I'm just going to share with you the, the four of her Ten Commandments of Joy that have to do with laughter. The first is this. We were created in God's image, and so we laugh and feel joy. Therefore, laughter and joy must also be aspects of the holy. Bottom line, we're children of a God with a sense of humor. To be whole, we must be willing to share all of ourselves with God. The anger, the pain, the tears, and the laughter. It's all holy. The second was this. You shall laugh with your neighbor, even if your neighbor is a telemarketer. <laughs> when we laugh with someone, whether it's family, friend, or yes, even the telemarketer, our worlds overlap for a second. We share something. It's then that the differences fade and our commonalities gleam through. Remember, you can't hate someone with whom you've laughed. Hmm. Her third one is, thou shalt be like little children. Children are said to laugh approximately 300 times a day. Little bursts, long laughs, a chuckle. Adults less than 20. And I would say for most adults, way less than 20. Sometime, somewhere between cartoons and carpools, our laughter gets lost. Spend a few minutes watching a little child squealing with laughter, eyes full of awe at everyday miracles. When was the last time you laughed out loud or were awed by something wonderful? Start today. I was, uh, today's my dad's birthday, and I was thinking about what a good sense of humor my dad had, and how he would always make our kids laugh. Um, when he read a story, he never told them the right words, and they would always have to correct him. 
We all tell the story of the time he got new boots and he told my kids they were boxing boots and that he was going to start his career as a boxer. I was thinking of, um, I was laughing, literally laughing out loud, thinking of uh, when our son Dan and his, uh, his uh, baseball team won states as, uh, when he was in Little League. And my dad was there. My mom and dad were there, and the end of the game was so dramatic. And everyone was cheering, and after the game, my dad said, I haven't had this much fun since I got married. And everybody laughed. Maybe my mom, not that hard. Right? Sometimes our laughter is with another, and quite honestly, right, we all have to have the ability to laugh at ourselves. Um, I was thinking how often I've put my headphones on uh, backwards, the time I wore two wrong shoes the whole day. Another time when our son John was little and I was in a rush and I drove him down to the bus stop because he was late for the bus and then walked home with my neighbor and I forgot that I'd left my car at the bus stop. And my neighbor, Marcy, on her way to work, called from her cell phone and said, Sarah, did you know your car is still at the bus stop? Um to laugh at ourselves. The other one that um, I was thinking about related, related to me and our life in ministry was this one that Reverend Sparks says about, thou shalt lean on laughter in times of troubles. Laughing in a place of pain is the most courageous and rebellious thing you can do. That pain does not own you. It's only what you are experiencing. By tapping into your ability to laugh, you are reminding yourself and everyone around you that weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Some of you were here when we celebrated the life of Lois Budzinski last year. Well into the service, and Lois loved music. And so uh, the family had asked that we incorporated hymns and singing into the service. And this was at the time when we still didn't have hymnals in the pews. But it never occurred to me till we were a good way into the beginning of the service. And I had welcomed everyone. And I said, and now we're going to turn our hymnals. And it was in that moment that I realized we had not a hymnal in the pew. And so a few of you here gathered, we, we rushed out, and I think probably Jim just kept playing while we rushed out and began to hand out, and, and everybody laughed, even the family. The daughters said, oh, my mom would have appreciated this, right? So it wasn't that this wasn't sad and that we weren't mournful, but there was a moment of joy and laughter in the mishap of that morning. And then, um, back to Reverend Sparks' Ten Commandments, the last one is this. Thou shalt not waste any opportunities for joy. To paraphrase Irma Bombeck, the columnist, think of all the women who on the t Titanic, who on that fateful night said no to dessert. <laughs> It's easy, it's easy to postpone joy in times of crisis or pain, but time keeps ticking. No matter where we find ourselves in life, it is still life, and that is still a gift. And we must honor that gift in all that we do. To claim joy 